Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the... Yes? <laughs> the noteworthy I'll take Matthew it. <laughs> Henry. Yeah, I'm noteworthy. I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll take that one. No, noteworthy. Matthew, I've got a question for you. Okay. Out of all of the players to wear number 23, which is the best and why is it Jock Peterson? <laughs> okay, well, I'm really glad you, you you gave me a name because I was having a little panic there about, oh, crap, who's worn number 23? Um, uh it has to be Jock Peterson, mainly because I can't think of anybody else. But <laughs> second, because of the last the the start of the season that he's had, uh, you know, leading the league in like slugging percentage and all of that, I think you know warrants some some love from you know us Dodger hater Giants fans. Yes, I. Well, okay, look, I. Jock had a great week, and I and I can't deny that he 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 now has what six home runs. He leads all of well, for a moment. I think he was tied for the lead in in, in the major leagues, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he definitely was leading the Giants. Um, and 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 I think I said at the beginning of the season that one of the things that that I wanted to see him do that would make me forget six seasons as a as a Los Angeles Dodger, and I'm sorry, he was a Los Angeles Dodger whose name was Jock. Like, we were supposed <laughs> to hate this guy. It was, like, written in stone. Like, like this, this was, it was preordained. I don't care if he was from Palo Alto. You know, like, this was a Dodger that we were supposed to hate. And then suddenly now, he's a, he's a San Francisco giant, and, and I said he's got to hit a lot of home runs to make up for it. And and I and I what I finally did, Matthew, is I went and I did a calculation. And I believe he's still at six. Is that correct? Yes, I think he's so. Still at six. So his true home run home run total right now is negative eight. Okay, because I looked it up, and Jock Peterson hit fourteen home runs against the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> I was wondering where you're and going with this. Okay. And All he's right. now hit six for them. So that means his home run total as it relates to the San Francisco Giants is negative eight, which is still pretty bad. Okay. Also noteworthy, he has 14 home runs now against the Milwaukee Brewers, and he faced the Brewers a lot less often than he faced the Giants. Probably because they have fans heckling him every time. and he just. I, you know. I mean, for a guy that's a Brewer beater, like why that man was tempting fate, <laughs> I have no idea. That was... I, and I don't know what Jock Peterson did in his former life, but it must have been something great to be given the opportunity to be a major league baseball player and then to have a moment like that. Yes. I mean, that that might be my favorite at bat. I don't know, all time. That's a big word. But boy, I mean, it links up there because just him stepping out of the box, looking over at the heckler and then two pitches later, launching one off the scoreboard. And then just turning around and beating his chest and just like, yeah, Jock. That's <laughs> I mean, I mean, Matthew, that might have been the, fav- the 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 best moment in any person's life ever that I have witnessed. Yeah. Right. You know, like I will never have a moment in my life like that. No. And I don't don't get me wrong. I've had great moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got married. I had babies. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I was in the room while my, my wife had babies. And 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 those were great. You know, yeah, whatever. OK, fine. They were great. But I'm never going to have a moment like that, Matthew. And I'm not even jealous because it was so amazing. It was so spectacular that I was like, oh, no, now now I got to say something good about the guy. <laughs> and 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 here's the good thing, Jock. You're at negative eight. So you got to hit at least eight more home runs. And you got to stay healthy, man. Uh, anyway, folks, today, 
is Wednesday, April 27th, as we record this podcast. Uh, the Giants, um, over the previous week, have gone or went 5-1. Uh, and one. They are playing um, their seventh game of the week. Currently, as we record this podcast, I believe it's the eighth inning now, and they are still losing, Matthew. Is that correct? Yes, one nothing. Yep, top of the eighth. One, one, one to nothing. We won't tell you what's happening because, you know, that would be illegal, I think. Right? Oh, that what they, yeah. No that facts they read that little thing? Uh, yeah, no facts. And like, images yeah. disseminated yeah. without the express written uh-huh. consent yeah. of Major League Baseball? Yeah, that's right. I didn't, that's right, I didn't get it? express written consent. Did you? No, I did not. No. I did not. Okay. So in that phase, I'm going to say some things that are that are blatantly false, just to make sure we're safe. Okay. The A's look great in those um, um, blue and um, green uniforms they're wearing. Oh no, they do wear green. Uh, blue and uh, blue and I don't know. Orange. Fuchsia. <laughs> I don't even know. Is fuchsia like a purple or yellow? Or I'm, green? I'm going purple. Fuchsia? I think it's like a purple. It's a purple. It's a purple. Yeah, the A's look great in their purple uniforms. Um. I think if the A's wore purple uniforms, I would still like them better than the creamsicles. But, <laughs> but anyway, the Giants uh, bring in their record to 13-5, and five, which, folks, puts them, before they started the game tonight, one game ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers for first place in the National League West, for the best record in the National League, and for the best record in all of Major League Baseball. Man, I... I, I I love saying that. I missed saying that. It's so nice to get to say it again. The first to 13 wins before tonight's game, and and even still losing one to nothing as they are to the A's, they have the second best run differential in baseball, only two runs behind the Dodgers. It's good to be a Giants fan, Matthew. It is. Darn glad I'm a Giants fan. We, We should drink to celebrate. Let's drink. Uh, Bob, hit me with the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. I am drinking a cocktail uh, that I found on the internets. I, it's called the Gold Rush. I think there's got to be a lot of cocktails with this name. Um, but the particular one that I am drinking is is not a gin cocktail. Oh. Folks, I know. Did you I run know. out of gin, finally? <laughs> No, no, I have so much gin, <laughs> so much gin. But I was actually looking for gin recipes, and then I came across this one, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds too tasty to resist." And and I also love a simple cocktail, and and that one that is what this is. It is an ounce of bourbon, an ounce and a half of ginger liqueur, and then half an ounce of lemon juice, shaken. Uh, and uh, and then double strained into a cocktail coupe served up. Um, you should put a lemon twist on it. I didn't, you know, because this is a podcast, not a not a YouTube channel. <laughs> and so you guys can't see my cocktail. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it comes off as I thought this was going to be a very spirit forward cocktail. But I think because of the ratios. It's actually just a very refreshing, bright um, cocktail with a really round finish. It's really nice. It's got some body to it, so it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't just like disappear in your mouth. Um, and I think that's because of the bourbon. Um, and nothing, nothing is over. Uh, you know, no, nothing is standing out above all the others. It is a very well blended cocktail. Um, I'm going to make this one a lot. I'm going to make this until I run out of ginger uh, ginger liqueur. Uh, and unfortunately, there's no gin in this, so this is not going to help me with my gin problem. But um, but I highly recommend, if you're looking for something different, a little unusual, get yourself some ginger liqueur um, that is also easy to make because this is super easy. This is definitely going to become one of my go-tos. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob. It is a very tasty cocktail. Well, Bob, hit me up for my question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Uh, you know, one of the things that I have yet to really get into with my cocktail making is uh, adding different liqueurs to my 
to my uh, my my liquor cabinet. I have tended to stay outside of like you know Cointreau. Um, really haven't really gotten into many of the liqueurs, and so as I've been experiencing or exploring, I should say, uh, different cocktails, uh, I've I've come across this uh, a raspberry uh, a liqueur, blackberry raspberry liqueur called Chambord. And it comes in a cute little round bottle. And it's got like a little little crown uh, top on it, and and it's a sweet uh, liqueur that has uh, flavors of raspberry and blackberry kind of combined, and uh, and it's very sweet. Like so, uh, so I decided I was going to make a raspberry margarita, and so this this one calls for an ounce and a half of, of a blanco tequila, a one ounce of lime juice, an ounce of Chambord. And a half an ounce of Cointreau, and you shake all that together, and um, and strain it into a coupe glass served up, and with, that I rimmed it with a little bit of sugar, actually, because this is kind of a sweeter cocktail. So, uh, rimmed it with a little bit of sugar and floated a lime wheel uh, as garnish. And um, but you could put berries if you wanted to garnish that. I didn't have any, so I went with the lime. Uh, but it's a a really uh, fruity. And a uh, refreshing cocktail, good for summer drinking. And uh, that's what I'm drinking tonight, the Chambord Ra- Raspberry Margarita. Well, thank you for showing me up on the uh, on the garnish. <laughs> well, you know, when you're slicing limes and you're, yeah, like, you're like, oh, I'm just going to slaver off a wheel and keep that for a garnish. And so it was pretty easy to it, throw It that is on. pretty easy. Yeah, the, the old lime wheel is an easy garnish. That is true. Uh, an orange, sorry, a lemon twist is a lot harder than than I would think, or maybe I'm just more inept. No, I haven't been able to get a real like twist. Like mine are just yeah. strips. Like they just come out being yeah. strips, and that's you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we do the best we can. Yeah, we're well, amateurs. We are. We're not pros. You know, maybe if somebody paid me to do this, I'd care to make a you know figure out how to do it. But <laughs> oh, agreed, agreed, but. Matthew, yes, sir. It's time to talk baseball. Yeah, and you know the pessimist that I am. You know, last week you asked me, so so what would it? What would it? I don't know why I'm getting you the dumb voice. Because <laughs> I've got a You're dumb like, voice. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. listeners, was... for you know sticking with me. By the way, I really appreciate it. Hey Ben, what would it take? Uh, what would be a good week for the Giants? And I was like, well, you know, four and three for the next week, and you know, overall road trip of like six and seven. Yeah, want, 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 want. Exactly. What a maroon I am. Yeah, because you know, ye of little faith that we're just going to go in and sweep two out of the you know three series. I, I would say no. That was three. They got. They got. They. They. they oh, they, yeah, we, we had a one game series. That's, that's right. So we swept right. three out of four. That's right. That's right. That's right. They had a little sweeplet at the end there, uh, beating the reigning Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns in the game where 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 Jock was Jock. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, thank you to I, old friend Trevor Gott. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, right? I, I mean, I mean, I guess things are looking pretty up for Trevor for him to be used in that position. Well, that's because their top two guys had been used two days in a row. So God, uh, is, God is like third yeah. on the totem pole. The other two guys weren't available. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I mean, so I'm you know, so it really benefited there. us. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I'm glad he was there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, eight and three. Yeah. Eight and three on an eleven game road trip. Where you only had one day off, and that was because it rained out, and you had to play a doubleheader the next day. I yeah. mean, they come back from that road trip, won one more game at home, and now they're the best team in baseball. That road trip, Matthew, was one of the toughest they were going to have all season, and they sailed through it. Yeah. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any better. No. It couldn't have gone any better. Well, and it was it was the best ten plus game road trip of the Giants since nineteen ninety five, and 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 I I I feel like nineteen ninety five is probably the over under for years in terms of our listeners, like you know, like 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 whether or like not they were alive. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would say like you know whether they were alive or not, were they born in ninety five or not? You know, right, so yeah. um, 
Yeah, I, I, that's a long time ago. Yeah, '95, and and the Giants uh, pulled off something they hadn't done in decades. So that was pretty. Some might have said it was in the previous millennium. Some might have said, so, yeah. Some some might say that. Um, yeah, I I mean, you know, the Mets series was 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 tough to take. But I think I think really we all know that they could have won that first game on Tuesday, and and we and we moaned and groaned about that last week, so I won't rehash that. But they could have easily won that game. Yeah. They probably should have won that game, um, and and that really could have easily been a a nine and two road trip, um, which you know which is just mind boggling, and and a lot of the concerns that we had going into the week especially around the offense just disappeared it melted away suddenly the giants have the second best offense in baseball they're averaging 5.1 runs per game second only to yeah you know you know who <laughs> right like um, the team that shall not be named the team that shall not be named and uh you know it, it I don't know. I guess I mean it's 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 beautiful to be a Giants fan right now. It's beautiful to be a Giants fan right now. Um and um you know, I I, I but I, I don't want you to worry though cuz cuz I I do have lots of things to to be worried about. Well, good because I feel like there's lots of people out there that are still worried. Like I just I feel like you know, if you're out on social media, <laughs> there are people that are just nitpicking. Like just like oh Darren Ruff and you know just you know really kind of getting on on certain players and and I feel like you know that guys were leading the league in wins <laughs> let's enjoy yeah. this a little bit yeah. just enjoy I mean, that we're like a good team and why do we why are we picking apart every little thing because because we're Giants fans like I mean think about it Matthew the first the first world series that that this team won in San Francisco was from a season that the 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 the, 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 the what was I'm sorry <laughs> I'm not even that drunk um where the tag phrase was torture we're just <laughs> used to being miserable I wonder if we are used to being miserable when we win like, 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 we're you can tell a San Francisco, San Francisco, um, is winning when the fans are miserable. Yeah. Right. If the fans are all happy and just kind of have let go of things and just having a good time, that means they must stink. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. Can, can, can I interrupt you for as a little side? So I have the game on. This has never happened before, right? Usually we're recording after games are done. I'm a little distracted. We're in the uh, in the bottom of the uh, uh, the what are we? The bottom of the eighth, and Jason Vossler. Um, got two strikes pitched to him that were called balls, and he ended up walking. And I gotta feel like the the A's pitcher is probably like you know WTF because uh you know and and I just it just you know goes back to me you know wanting umpires robots you know so that we can get the strike zone right. But but here it, it benefited the Giants. You know we have a runner on first now with no outs in the bottom of the eighth. You know it benefited them a little bit yesterday too. Uh, that I, you know, I think instant replay has not gone the Giants' way. This no, year. like I think the guys in For New York sure. have something out against us. I think uh, they must, they must. But balls and strikes have have been at least even. There have been yesterday. I think the Giants got away with a lot. Um, and uh, and you know what? I mean, th that's just you know we just got to sit back and enjoy it, Matthew. You know, we we have to we have to enjoy these things when they happen because we know they don't happen all of the time. And um, but in terms of you know balls and strikes, yeah, I'm with you. You know who else is with you? Also with you. Who? Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so fans, if you if you haven't if you're not sure what Ben is referencing, so uh, this week uh, Kyle Schwarber was called out on a questionable third strike, and it. It probably was a strike, actually, in this case, but it the, the umpire was Angel Hernandez, or Angel Hernandez, and Herna Angel Hernandez is, uh, you know, if you, you know, there's if you, if you know an umpire's name, it's probably Angel Hernandez because how bad he is, and uh, and so to watch Kyle Schwarber just lose his freaking mind. And just, I mean, he threw his helmet and his bat and, you know, immediately got ejected. And then just, I, he was every Giants fan. Like, I think he was every baseball fan right then and there. Because, yeah. you know, every team has been, you know, has been screwed over by Angel Hernandez at one point or another. Correct. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, if you it didn't see it by some chance, I would go check out John Boy's breakdown of it because because that that's a, it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful send up of of Angel Hernandez and Major League Baseball at large, um, and just another reason why yes we need robot umps uh, two years ago three years ago um, it can't they can't come too soon please get them here whatever needs to make that happen let's make it happen. Um, but in the meantime, the Giants, you know, will we'll take any benefits that the human umpires give us. And uh, Matthew, I was looking at stats as I want to do, right? You know, sure. one of the things that we were trying to figure out, how are the Giants scoring runs? Magic. And <laughs> magic. Well, I think, uh, it, well, it feels like magic. It, it, it's magical home runs by by Jock Peterson and Luis Gonzalez and Wilmer Flores. Yes, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, the pundits are trying to figure out how the Giants are scoring runs because they don't understand. Exactly. And I was just going to say that the one of the interesting stats that sticks out to me is that the Giants have hit, I think at this point, 21 home runs, but have only surrendered nine. Ten as of tonight. Oh, ten. Oh, that's right. Ten because of the leadoff home run tonight. Yes. Um, And so giving them a differential of plus 11 home runs, which uh, I I think is is one of I think a perfect example of what this team is all about. Um, But but you actually just you just said a word that, that gives me hackles. Pundit. And I and I'm actually a little bit upset about it because, yes, pundit. Last year, Matthew, I got great um, joy out of ranting and moaning and groaning about the power rankings that all of these publications put out about for like the first, I think it was like two and a half months. I think it, I think it took the athletic three months to rank the Giants ahead of the Dodgers, ahead of the Padres. That's right. The Padres. Yes. Uh, maybe it wasn't three months, but it was like two months for them to rank them ahead of the Padres. And then it took them a long time to rank the, the Giants ahead of the Dodgers. And um, if, you know, and many publications just never did. And, and that was really frustrating. It made me really, really angry. And I thought that the pundits hadn't learned anything. But when I was looking at a lot of the rankings from early this year where the Giants were ranked 12th, best in yep. major league baseball they won 107 games last year were the best team in baseball and most publications were saying they were 12th best right and i was really angry about that again and i was like okay well here we go here's easy targets for ben and matthew to yell at all year long and then this week the the power rankings come out and what do i see the giants are ranked like fourth fifth Third. third, yeah. I think I, I think MLB.com has them at third. Yeah, one of the big I publications. Don't I don't remember which one, one but yeah. Big, but like even the Athletic, and the Athletic is a really hard one to crack because you got to had you got a lot of hacks there who don't even watch Giants baseball. Yeah, who who all have an equal vote. Yeah, I mean you've so, got Baggerly you know, and Brisby banging the drum, and that's it. Yeah, right, right. And you've got so you know, and you you've got the guys out there writing for the Orioles. And, you know, and the Hoboken Steamers, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever other um, NL East teams there are. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we should get to go see a Hoboken Steamers game. I, uh, we should. I, I, we I should. haven't seen a game in that stadium yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know. It, it's the Hoboken Whalers. No, that's the Hartford Whalers. Hartford Whalers, yes. That's so another that's one of those team, teams. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, I thought that was an AL East team, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that's how the rest of that's how the people on the East Coast think about West Coast. That, that's right. I mean, they're in bed by the time the Giants are playing; I mean, they don't care. Uh, but anyway, the the point is, is that um, I can't. I don't even have the pundits to yell at now. Now they are saying things like, "We don't know why the Giants are winning. We still don't understand." But we're not gonna be caught again ranking them too low. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which which just amazes me because because again the reason why the Giants are this good is because of the line changes because of their ability to resurrect uh, you know um, veteran players especially on the pitching side uh, their ability to find diamonds in the rough 
their ability to play team baseball, right? Where it's all about 26 or even 40 guys working together to win baseball games. Or to to have philosophies like, you know, throw strikes, you know, um, only swing at pitches that you can hit hard. I mean, you know, they are revolutionizing baseball in a way that we haven't seen and nobody seems to understand it. You know, right. it's right. Steal, steal second when you're winning by seven runs, six runs in the second inning because it's only the second inning. That's right. And the Giants are going to they're going to they're going to collect pitchers that will give you ground balls. Right. Keep the ball in the park. If you can like that perfect run, you know, home run differential record is is or number is is perfect example of what the Giants are hoping to build. They want to hit they want to hit a lot of home runs. And they want to prevent a lot of home runs. And they've built a team that does that. And it's you know proven to be a pretty successful formula that nobody else seems to figure out, except maybe the right. Dodgers. And now the Mets. You know, the Mets seem to have figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Dodgers knew it ahead of time. Oh, yeah. They, also had, yeah. We, they also had a lot of money. That's where Farhan <laughs> came from. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but and I could just see this note that you have written here, right here in our show notes. It says maybe the key to building a good baseball team is stockpiling good baseball players. Exactly. Yeah. And and I feel like, you know, too much is, is put on the star baseball players, you know, and and you know, payroll. And, you know, and I think, you know, we, we kind of buy into that a little bit. You know, you want you want the big free agents, and sometimes it's important to have that player. But the Giants have proven that you don't need that player if you have guys that are hard outs you know, throughout the lineup and not just in the lineup, but on the bench and in triple yeah. A and, you know, and, and, you know, off your 40 man. Right. I and mean, they just seem to collect these players that sit, fit a certain profile, tough to strike out, will work the count, will drive up pitch counts, you know, all that stuff, you know, rely, it relates to winning baseball games. Yeah, and then you you know, and at the same time, you, you got to do all of that while you got these crazy idiotic fans yelling about how they need to sign Nick Castellanos and oh god, uh, who are those know, people? Because I, I don't know, geez. you know, right? And then complaining about how they didn't get any big name off season free agents. No, you know? we got Jock Peterson. What are you talking about? That, right. Well, I'm not saying those people are in these closets. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do we know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What do we know? Hey, hey, so 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 speaking of Jock Peterson, I, mm. I, I saw that um he went out of the game tonight. He he did. And yeah, and I want to make it clear, I want to make it clear. I didn't jinx him. Yeah, okay, okay. Sure. Okay, we we recorded this after he was hurt. Okay. So just to just just to be super clear, it's not my fault that Jock hurt his back or his groin or his butt or whatever he hurt. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not convinced, but okay. Uh, but I think that speaks to, you know, first of all, crap, right? I mean, you know, let's hope that he's not out for any length of time. Uh, but I also think it speaks to just the fact that, you know, we've gone through a number of injuries. I mean, look at our look at who's on the the IL right now, and and yes, they're they're close to coming back, but we've. You know, we've got, you know, this week even, Yaz went on the COVID list, you know, IL. And, um, which always seems like, why can't they be, like, go on the COVID IL when they're at home? It always seems like they're stranded in some, like, random city. Like, yeah, I feel... Uh, East Coast city, no less. Yes. <laughs> I, I felt bad for Yaz. I was like, okay, you got to be in this hotel room now for 10 days? Like, just... He's still there. That road trip is still going on. <laughs> That 11-game road trip is actually going to be a 21-game road trip for me. He has to quarantine for 10 days. I mean, I think he get out or gets out early if he tests negative two... Two days in a row, te- yeah. Two days in a row. But if he doesn't, he's got to quarantine for 10 days. And that means he's in the Washington, D.C. hotel until Wednesday of next week, until our next recording. <laughs> We should check in on poor Yaz. I mean, I feel like, like I remember last year, yeah, uh, Solano, I think, was had a similar one, and they had him like hitting against a mattress, like like he was doing yeah. stuff in his room just to try and keep sharp. And it was unfortunate timing because Yaz was starting to come around. He had he had uh, had multiple hits. Yeah, this was not games. good timing at all. This was not good timing at all. Right? I mean, he he's a, he's a he's a constant in that lineup, and and when he plays well, I mean, obviously, he was still playing great defense. Right. Yeah. And and the hitting was just starting to come around. And hey, you know, I mean, obviously they they don't they don't need him right now. But this is no, the they, they don't need him because they have Luis Gonzalez. That's right. That's right. 
<laughs> and you know what? I am going to toot our horn a little bit here because we did call that we, guy. We were excited about Luis Gonzalez from the very beginning. Right. Yeah, That's you right. especially, because you were you thought that uh, there was a reason why they they signed him. Yeah, and- That's right. That's right. And I do want to. I do want to. I don't know if I made this mistake on a previous podcast or not, but I definitely believed it. And so when I heard Fleming saying it wasn't true on the TV broadcast, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it on the show that this Luis Gonzalez Jr. Is Luis Gonzalez Jr. <laughs> and and his dad is Luis Gonzalez, but not that Luis Gonzalez. But not that Luis Gonzalez. Not that one who played for the Diamondbacks and and you know had a game winning uh, hit in a World Series winning hit. He is not the son of that man. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I ever said that, but I I believed it. Yeah. So yeah. so in case I did, and in case anybody else who's listening to this thinks the same thing, he's not. He's not, but I'm sure Luis Gonzalez Sr. is a good man. Sure, right? sure, know? yeah, you know, yeah. He's he a major league baseball player. Exactly, so, yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure he's very proud of his son. Yep. And well, he should be. Yeah, and, you know, getting his first major league home run in a tie game in the ninth inning, I mean, that's not a bad oh way to get it, right? I mean, that's... Oh, boy. And he yeah, launched yeah. that thing. That thing was a, you know, beauty. That was a monster. I mean, so so was uh, so was Jock Peterson. Oh, sure, ba- yeah. Banged off of the, the scoreboard. Um, that was a... Um, uh, that was a Hobbesian blast, Jock Peterson's. That's what that was. That was a Hobbesian home run. Hobbesian. I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you were you were lamenting injuries before. We I was just because you know. I mean, we've. But I mean, I guess I was lamenting them. But the fact that also just you know recognizing that we seem to have this pattern of overcoming them because of the right. depth that we've been able to acquire over right. the years and just next yeah. man up mentality seems to be you know the way that that they just they just right. do and that's because of the stockpiling of great players yeah and 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 in fact as bad as those injuries are I mean we don't know how bad Jock Peterson's injury is but obviously it's a blow if he's going to miss three games it's a blow especially since he's in the middle of a of a hot streak if he misses much longer, then it's even worse, right? Uh, missing Yaz for 10 days is obviously a blow, especially as he was starting to heat up at the plate. Um, but on the good news front, like Lamont Wade Jr., I think now has played in two consecutive games in Sacramento. Uh, Evan Longoria has been working very, very hard. Um, I think, uh, I don't know what, I think he's behind Lamont Wade Jr. in his progression. But La Stella has started to run, from what I understand, so... Uh, doing some running, at least, you know, on that Achilles. So that's good right. to hear. And that means that Tyro Strata may not, uh, might have to break his streak of playing in every single game <laughs> this year. Well, and I think that's started. a good point, though, because I think some of these guys, uh, you know, some of the struggles of some of the early guys, like Darren Ruff, for example, comes mm-hmm. to mind, is that, uh, you know, that, you know, he's having to play against a lot more right-handers than he probably would have otherwise. Right. Absolutely. And is. and so, you know, so I think that contributes a little bit to the dis- you know, discrepancy between last season and this season is yeah. he's being asked to to face a lot Dar- more right-handers. Darren Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, yeah, they were the super, platoon. Super, super, yeah. They're super twins. Super twins. Yeah. I mean, like, they're the, they are the, the, each other's counterpoint, and he's missing his uh, his superhero buddy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and and you know, so last week one of the things that happened is you know Duggar, you know, strained an oblique, and uh, went on the IL, and the, and then they actually we were wondering like how they were going to get Luis Gonzalez because there was speculation that he was going to be the guy because they needed a left hander uh, brought up, but Luis Gonzalez wasn't on the forty man roster, and so there was you know trying to figure out we thought it might be Beatty, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, you know, who knows, right? But it ended up being that Duggar was put on the sixty day IL. Which is pretty significant. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, it does take a long time for obliques to to heal. So, I guess it makes sense. But I couldn't help but wonder: Did that save Duggar's career, like with the Giants, like, like, or at least kick it down the can, you know, the can down the road? Because you know the rosters do shrink back down in in May, and he was a bubble guy, yeah. And so, you know, you got all these other left-handers that are coming back. Um, he has hasn't been producing as much, although he was starting to. I just wonder, like, was that, uh, you know, was this something that maybe saved him uh, his Giants career? Because who knows what will happen in the next 60 days, right? You know someone else is getting hurt. And so when he comes off, there might be another spot for him. But who knows? I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it would have been hard for them to let him go. I think they would have made the same kind of moves that they made to keep Talkman last year. So I don't know that he would have been 
the guy that they sent down on that first day. I think they would have sent somebody down with options, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think it saved Duggar then, um, but but in in the longer term, maybe yes. Uh, but it could. I mean, I don't. I don't think it. I don't know that it necessarily helps him in any way, right? Because he's going to come back at, off of a long-term injury, and I think you know the pressure is going to be on. The options are going to be less available, right? Because that the clock will have started by then. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know the the five the five times that you can send people up and down will will have taken effect on on May the second. And so he's going to be coming back in a much different uh, environment in terms of the roster, and he's going to be coming back after having been away for 60 days. So I think it just puts more pressure on him when he does come back. Um, you know, it's I, I, I just don't know. I just don't think he survives the season. I, I really don't. I think it's I, gonna... given the way he was hitting, I, I don't I don't think that I don't I don't see how that's true either. I mean, I, I think I feel the same way about Tyler Beatty, and um, you know. Um, I would have thought that Mauricio Dubon would go before before Duggar, but but I think Mauricio has 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 shown a little. I mean, he had a rough first couple of weeks, no yeah. doubt about it, yeah. no doubt about it. But uh, and he's not been playing a lot since then. Um, but he has played better defensively. Um, he's had some great. He had a great throw. Um, and from center field. Uh, yep. recently and um and his plate appearances look a little bit better he's just he's looked like a guy who is more focused and so you know i don't know i i think um i think duggar was on the bubble either way and and i think in a sense that yes it keeps him with the organization until he comes off of the il but but once he comes back like i think he's just in the same position he was before which is he really has to produce at the plate in a consistent way yeah and- pretty much right away right away yeah, yeah, uh, because there's not a lot of room for error now. There are a lot of guys that are lined up, including Luke Luis Gonzalez, and uh, so you know who can play a similar role that Duggar does, uh, left-handed defensive center fielder or outfielder rather. So, yeah, I think um, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, for sure. Before you before you move to the next thing, I, I do want to. I did a little bit of rapid research here because of my ridiculous question at the beginning of of the show. Uh, I asked you who was the best player to ever wear 23 for the Giants and why was it Jock Peterson? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said, I don't know. And I want to throw some names at you. Last year it was worn by Chris Bryant. Oh, that's right. Um, not the best. And no, not sorry. the best. No, no. Uh, a few years ago, 2013, uh, Jeff Francoeur. <laughs> he was a giant? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, but now I'm going to throw some some bigger names at you. Okay, that, that you will remember. Sean Dunstan wore it for two seasons. Huh? Ellis Burks wore it for three seasons. Ellis Burks, wow. Here's a name that I don't remember, and I watched the Giants a lot during these years, and I still don't remember the guy, and I feel really bad about it. But Steve Scarsoni. Oh, yeah. But. But now, now we're getting into some real, like, like, like this one is a, a, a name that many, many Giants fans love and adore. Jose Uribe. Oh. Ooh. It from... Uribe! That's right. Thank you. I'm glad you finished the cheer. Uh, right. He wore it from, he wore it from 85 to 92, but of all of the Giants to wear that number, I don't think any are better or bigger than Bobby Thompson. Okay. Yeah. No, that 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 settles it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So Jock Peterson is not the best to ever wear 23. Yeah. Okay, and you you don't remember Steve Carsoni? I, I He played I don't. in 281 games for the Giants over 4 seasons. During during <laughs> during the early 90s yes. when I watched so many games. <laughs> Why do I not remember him? Because he was a 247 three, uh, average, 307 on base, and 395 slugging. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. What, was he like a, a shortstop? I, was he a utility infielder? What was he? What was he? I, uh, I was I mean, in New York. Giants... I was in New York getting drunk all the time at that point, so I, I have an excuse. 
Um, the Giants were decent during those years too. I mean, '94 they were leading the division. He was, uh, uh, yeah, he was a utility infielder. No, they weren't leading the division. They were trailing. I think the Expos were the Expos in the West. The Expos had the best record in baseball in '94. Uh, and I know that Matt Williams was on pace to break the home run record though in '94. Yeah, in '95 played 50 games at third base. Wow. 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 Okay, well, my apologies, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, anyway, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh. All right, well, Steve Scarsoni, number 20, the second best, number 23. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, all right. Okay, so uh, getting back to the show. Um, so as I'm watching this game on TV. You can't give any accounts. Okay, I'm you, just going you to... You, you can't describe the actions. I am just going to... Okay, all right. <laughs> I won't describe what just happened in the ninth inning. Okay, but, uh, okay. All, I'll tell all you this. Those... Uh-oh. Wilmer Flores is not chewing gum. Wilmer Flores might be hurt. No, he's fine. Okay. Anyway. Uh... uh. Uh, what I'm okay, so I'm I'm trying to get this uh, this connection from the game right now to what we're about to talk about, and and the uh, what I what, what it is is that the the bullpen right now is thrown, uh, you, know, not, you know, Sammy Long home run take that away, you know, nine now because it was a leadoff home run. They've gone you know nine consecutive shutout innings uh, in this game because uh, today was a bullpen game. And uh, yes, Jacob Junis was amazing, actually. Like, you know, he struck out six in three innings or something like that. Um, he's, he's been amazing ever since he got called up. Yeah. And, uh, but the bullpen has been amazing. And, you know, if you're looking for one reason why the Giants are as good as they are, I think the bullpen is a good place to start. Uh, they lead the league in ERA. They lead the league in ground ball percentage at 50%. So 50% of all balls hit by the bullpen are on the ground. They're second in whip, second in batting average against. They are a nasty group of guys you've never heard of. They are very nasty. And and think about it. Like, we knew all of the names. We, were, we did this right before the season started. We ran through all of the names and we said, you know, these are all of the guys that that we know and we expect to do well and 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 unlike last year it was like we knew that every guy who was going to be on the team um and we were talking about Brebia and Curvin Castro as being the odd men out and you know not being on the opening day roster or at least being the guys that would be most likely to be not on the roster come May 2nd when when the roster shrink um and and well Curvin Castro showed up yesterday Brebbia has already pitched in a bunch of games. But on top of that, a, a guy that, you know, you've already mentioned his name today, but a guy that you were really high on. And, you know, I remember poo-pooing you on this guy because I was like, I don't even know who this is. Like, why are you so excited about Jacob Junis? Well, who isn't <laughs> excited about Jacob Junis? He's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's one of those ones where his, his, his only, like, uh, you know, flaw was that he, he gave up some walks. Like, he was a little wild at times and uh but you gotta you just know that the giants see something and they bring a guy in and they they give him some cues or some magic pills i don't know but it seems like they're able to cure whatever you know little flaws that these pitchers have come in with and turn them into you know legitimate uh threats and yeah, yeah junis is uh no no is you know is the next example of that um, if, you know it's just amazing yeah and and then and then junior Marte. Junior, you know they keep calling him Junior, and I just want is, you know, and and you know we have, we kind of know a little bit about Spanish, and but I've never heard that name like in Spanish before. So is it Junior, like Junior, Junior, or is it just Junior? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's spelled with a Y, so I'm gonna go with the Y sound. But you know, I think, but I if, think, I think, um, uh. I think the announcers are calling him Junior, so I feel like oh, they should. Oh, yeah. They should no, not. no. I, I, I'm sorry. I did not press on the. There's a little. There's a little tab on Baseball Reference. Is that right? Now I can't. Now I can't get the tab to show up anymore. Now, now when I refresh the page, it just keeps showing. Anyway, there's a thing. If you go to his page on Baseball Reference, right? 
there's a little button below his 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 date of birth and his team and all that stuff. It says something about his number or contract status or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Click a pronunciation is in there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's and junior. it does say junior. So there you go. We've been saying it wrong. But anyway, the point is I made fun of Junior because he was yet another guy that we had never heard of on the 40 man roster. Yeah, you were like, right? oh, he's the next guy going to get DFA'd. Like, you were, you were. I didn't say he was going to get DFA'd. I said he was like, I, I think I touched I think we joked about it. Gonna, yeah. yeah. He was going to be the next superstar because, you know, like, I mean, because that's how the Giants roll. If he's on the 40 man roster, he's going to make an appearance, he's going to have a contribution. Well, boy, has he had a contribution. In six innings pitched, he's given up one hit and, uh, sorry, he's given up three hits, two walks, had six strikeouts, and has an ERA plus of 264 for a regular ERA of 150. 1.50, his whip is .833, and he is electric. I mean, and he was like the lowest of the low on the totem pole. Right. This bullpen is nasty from top to bottom across the entire 40 man roster, you know, and and has everybody been great? No. I mean, unfortunately, Tyler Beattie has has not been great. I mean, Harlan Garcia definitely started off the season not great. But the point is, there is so much depth here that it doesn't really matter when one of those other guys has a blip because there are so many other guys who can jump into their place. And. Matthew, the Giants just got a tremendous break. The union and Major League Baseball agreed to extend for another month the 14-plus pitchers on the Major League roster, right? There's supposed to be a rule that says you can't have more than 13 13, pitchers. Yeah, 13 pitchers on the Major League roster, they had they had made they had let you break that. I don't know if it's like you can just break it by as much as you want, or if they just let you have fourteen. But the point is, they're letting teams have more than thirteen, and the Giants have definitely exploited that. They just extended that for another month, which just seems like such a gift to the San Francisco Giants. I mean, not that the starting rotation is bad, but look, we we're already in some injury trouble there. And and the Giants have now gone to a bullpen game three times in the last week. And 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 that's like one of the last things that you want to do these days is face the Giants in a bullpen game. Right. Right. It, it's it's almost like the last thing you want to do is get to the Giants bullpen. Well, just today that the Giants did lose one to nothing, uh, by the way, the game just ended with appropriately enough, a Darren Ruff pop up onto the infield to end the game. <laughs> Um, uh, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the 27 consecutive outs without allowing a run, you know, one run over nine innings, uh, is pretty darn impressive for, for a bullpen that just keeps getting, you know, better and better. Oh, indeed. Uh, and you know, I, I, I agree. I, I think that this is the strength of the giants right now. I think last year it was the starting rotation. This year, it looks like it's the bullpen. Yeah, because they, they really need it to be. I mean, especially with right, Descalfani yes. and Cobb both uh, on the IL. Right, right. And and they, they clearly don't feel comfortable bringing anybody else up to do a traditional start. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, there's still some interesting names out there. Um, I did see that Sean Jelly has, has done really well in four starts this, this year. He doesn't look like he's throwing a lot of innings, though, per start. Um, but he's two and zero with a with a, a a low whip and a low ERA um, in in his four starts. Um, so so that's a good sign. But but it's clear that they're not really interested in in bringing up somebody to be their sixth starter. Whereas last year that was Logan Webb, right? Logan Webb was their <laughs> sixth their sixth starter. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have anybody like that this year. At least they don't feel like they right. have anybody Well, yeah, like and then that. last year it ended up being Sammy Long, or Sam Long now, excuse me. Right. Uh, so, yeah, and, and clearly he's still with the club, but they're not they're not really expecting him to fill in that, like, well, starter role. He's not stretched out to do that right now. He's really just, Right. You know, well, he's the opener now. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he's taken over Dominic Leone's role as the opener. But, yeah, but you would see Sammy last year. He would go, or Sam, he would go four innings. At, at, to start a game, or he would be he would be the guy that would come in after Leon and go four innings, and now that looks like that's Jacob Junis. Yeah, yeah. who's doing and, a pretty good job at it for sure. Yeah, and long and long is the opener, and he's only going to pitch an inning. Yeah, 
I do. Uh, I, I do want to yeah. say about the bullpen. Yeah, you know, I've been seeing some things on you know some of our um, some of our fellow podcasters and and then some of the writers around it. You know, I've seen this 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 narrative around how the Giants need to establish roles in their bullpen. And I wanted to push back on that a little bit because I feel like that's not how the Giants operate and roles in a bullpen is so old school that the Giants don't look at it that way. And their whole point was you need some guy that's going to know that they're the closer and you need a guy that's going to, you know, just, you know, that knows they're going to be the setup man. And, um, and the Giants play matchups and not only do they play like lefty righty matchups, they play shape of my the pitcher's pitches versus the shape of the opponent's swing matchups and you know, there was even some people talking about how you know they needed uh rogers you know against left hand or right handers and 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 i looked at the numbers because i was pretty sure that you know over you know the course of his career rogers is actually tougher on left handers than he is on right handers and that is true uh this year those the numbers are a little bit reversed but it's early uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of numbers there to kind of call it a trend, but, but for the most part, you know, left-handers are not comfortable against the Tyler Rogers when that ball is coming up and in at their face. Right. And so, yeah, I think to expect that these pitchers are going to, you know, to do righty lefty matchups and all that is not even what the giants are, are thinking about when they're, you know, mapping out who's going to play where I think they are looking at specific leveraging, you know, let, specific pitchers in specific situations against specific hitters. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether what inning it is or, you know, what role they should be in. I would argue that they do have roles. And they probably know what those roles are. Yeah. Just not the traditional roles. They're just not the traditional roles. Right. And I would also argue to a certain extent that there is still some some regularity to the way they're using them, right? Like when when Doval, McGee, and and Rogers are all available, they're still going to them in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah. And um, and that seems to be the preferred, like like if everybody's fresh. But here's the thing: the bullpen is never going to have uh, you're never going to have a fully fresh bullpen on this team, right? Because we're going to rely on them so heavily, and and so I think in that sense you can't have the traditional roles because you're going to end up in the situation that you had last year with McGee, right at the beginning of the season. Kapler totally overused McGee in the early in in April, and I think oh gosh, was it even into May? And he eventually melted down. Yeah. And and he started up giving up a lot of home runs, right? McGee is prone to the home run ball. He's probably more prone to the home run ball. I, I maybe Dominic Leone and him are equally prone to the home run ball. And but it's still low, right, relative to the rest of Major League Baseball. But on the Giants, they're probably the most prone to giving up the home run. And uh but he started to give up a few more of those. And so I would argue like a lot of the times they they're they're not going to the traditional guys. Because those guys aren't available and they don't want to overuse them, right? So you know that it's probably going to be Duvall in closing situations. But if Duvall is not available, it's probably going to be McGee. If McGee's not available, it's probably going to be Rogers. But they have no problem going to Leon. And I bet you pretty soon they're going to have no problem going to to, to Marte. Yeah. And I know they, they believe in Kervin Castro, so he could be there too, right? And I think it's all about who has the mentality and the ability to do those things. And but I think you're absolutely correct. It's more about matchups and 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 putting guys in the best situation that they can to succeed. And then also forcing the other team to to or 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 putting in the right pitcher so that you don't get matchups you really don't want. Mm-hmm. Right. Because remember, you have the three batter minimum rule, and that really does dictate which relievers you bring in when. And and so you have to navigate that a little bit as well, which prevents you from always doing the exact move of the traditional setup man closer um, roles. Yeah. Um, my guess is is that there's more like you know certain styles of of hitters that that they have roles associated with. Yeah, and I, I yeah to that point you were exactly right. I mean I think that uh, they look at. Like I said before, they look at the you know the shape of each pitcher's pitches and how they are you know some some hitters swing with a slight uppercut, some swing on a more even plane, 
And so they have it down to which batters are more likely to be uh, less effective against certain pitchers based on their their pitch repertoire and the shape of their pitches. And that's how they determine who's going to face who. It's not like, oh, the righty lefty and all that. They're getting into like more data and and numbers than the lay baseball people and even traditional baseball people I think are used to and and they're so they're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers is what I'm saying with the with the bullpen yeah. and it's showing for sure right and I think the bullpen knows that right yeah. I think they they're probably aware of who they're going to go against and when they're going to go against you know and what their and what their primary responsibilities are going to be and and sometimes it's going to look traditional and sometimes it's not. But, you know, I, I think at the um, yeah. So I, I would just say it's like, uh, yeah, you're, you're just no. I, I, I mean, I haven't read these articles. I don't know how much these guys are talking about it. But, you know, I, I, I think at this point, nobody should be second guessing what the San Francisco Giants are doing. Yes. And, right? and I don't like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Kapler will make a mistake this year and I will get all over him about it, but I'm not going to get over him about it until it happens. I'm not going to try to like pre guess these things. And, uh, you know, um, although I do still think Camilo is the, is the main main guy in the bullpen. I, 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 I although I, I do actually want to talk a little bit about that in terms of roles and things though, because I really feel like the best reliever on the team is, is Rogers. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah yes, but but Matthew, how do you feel about putting Tyler Rogers in when the Giants are winning by one in the ninth? I hate it <laughs> because yeah. because because you know Rogers' strength is weak contact. It's not striking people out, right? Right. It's weak and weak contact finds holes, and yep. and I just don't like. I don't feel comfortable that weak contact could lose us a game. Like I want guys right. that are going to strike the mf'er out. That's what I want. Right. Right. Or if they do make weak contact, it's a hard grounder to the first baseman like we saw Duvall do against the Brewers. Right. Right. That was weak contact and the ball went all the way to belt <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to Rogers weak contact where it's it's like a beautiful bunt that nobody can get to. Uh, but yeah. And then and then also, you know, I think Rogers does give up dramatic home runs from time to time. And, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's the problem as much as every yeah. reliever does, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, so that so that is that is, you know, I, I do think there is something about. I think high pressure situations and they, and they come in different kinds. Right. I think base runners being on and you coming in with nobody out and the, and the bases are juiced. Right. I think some guys have an, a better mentality for that. Like I think Jose Alvarez is probably really good at that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he also he's also a good ground ball pitcher, but so are all the Giants. All the Giants players. Yeah. Pitchers are. Yeah. But but, you know, I think Alvarez is the coolest guy under those situations. You know, I, I think um, Doval just has to has the mentality. Right. Like to, to he's he's like, you know, I, I can handle a tough loss and come back and do this again. Yeah. I think McGee has that, too. Right. Oh, totally. Um, totally. For yeah. sure. Which is why those are the two guys that you're going to see in that situation the most. Right. Um, but, you know, that being said, I think at the end of the day, all all things being equal, Tyler Rogers is the best reliever on the San Francisco Giants, if not. I mean, all of baseball. Oh, oh, he said it. I like it. I like it. That's yeah. A bold take. I mean, that's a bull take. I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I you know I don't know I don't know what the Hartford Whalers and the Hoboken uh, Maroons are doing, but uh, you know I don't know anything about their staffs, so I'm gonna have to go take a look. But I mean, Rogers has got to be one of the best. Oh, he's at least one of the most uncomfortable at bats in in that's in for the sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, so we're running up on time. Let's look ahead to next week. So we got the Nationals Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We got an off day on Thursday. Oh, thank goodness, right? Wow, uh, which is two off days. Which is yeah, two off days this week. So we got Thursday, then we got uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the Nationals. We got Monday off, and then we have a two game series against the the Dodgers in Los Angeles, <sighs> I believe. Right? Wow. Um. So and, and then the we're first, back, the and then we're back. Games. Uh, you know, to to play uh, uh in San Francisco again. So, uh, yeah, our first two games against the Dodgers coming up, and and I kind of like that it's a short series. I think that'll be a it's, you know, that way it's like it, it, it gets their feet wet, but it's not like a battle yet. It's just kind of like, yeah. all right, let's let's test each other out a little bit. in that. It series. should be interesting. It should be interesting to see these teams all start to play each other a bunch. The uh, the Padres, Giants and and uh, and Dodgers. Um, although I will say this, the Dodgers can can, you know, lose a series to the Arizona Diamondbacks. So they're 
That's right. They're vulnerable. They are. They're vulnerable. Everybody is vulnerable. We can we can beat anybody. That's that's what I'm thinking. Well, no, I've no, I'm yeah, I I believe the Giants can beat anybody, but it's just like the Dodgers seems like they never lose to anyone. I think that's the first series they lost this year. Yeah, yeah. And it had to, to the be Diamondbacks. The, to the Diamondbacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, they lost the opening series to the to the Rockies. So they've only lost two series this year to the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Oh, hey. baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Rockies, Diamondbacks, please keep doing that. Yeah, right. <laughs> please keep doing that. That that'll that'll be the difference. Yeah, well, right and, and it was for the Giants last year. I mean, the Giants won fourteen and like fifteen against like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies last year. So yeah, that was uh, there were a lot of wins against those two teams. <laughs> I think, and I think that everybody was equally good against the Diamondbacks, but the Rockies, I do think, played um, played the Dodgers a little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're wrapping things up here. Uh, Bob, why don't you uh, tell the listeners where they can find us on social media? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Twitter and Instagram at, at Giant Cocktails. Uh, we post our drink recipes and uh, you know have a little fun on Twitter. And you know, feel free to follow us there. You can catch Ben at, at Watch Ben Fail on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. And... Uh, you know, I, I hope you chill. Thanks for coming on back another week, and we look forward to, to seeing you again next week. With that, Ben, cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.